Welcome to the Impact Central Leadership Podcast, where better founders build better businesses, impact always matters, and success goes beyond profit. It's that time again for the Impact Central Leadership Podcast, and this is Gordon. I'm here with SL. Hey, SL, how you doing? Good. I'm pretty excited about the topic that we're going to be talking about today. And that topic is addiction. So what, what are you addicted to, SL? I am addicted probably to my phone. <laughs> uh, Diet Coke. Diet Coke, yeah. Good chocolate. Yeah, for me, I, I definitely, I definitely love a bit of the, the bit of the chocolate. Kind of keep a little stash in case I need to dig into it. <laughs> chocolate monster. But there are definitely types of addiction that are not that healthy, mm. and that have other repercussions. And you know, we're gonna make people squirm a little, but let's just have a quick chat about pornography. <laughs> we're we're going for it. <laughs> we're going. We're there. talking about the big P. I feel really passionately about this. For so many reasons, but I think um, I think porn is something that people can very innocently think is an exploration of their sexuality. Yeah. And for some people, that's what it is. And I think it can go much deeper than that very, very quickly and become something that actually really tears relationships apart because yeah. it's like anything in relationships. If you're not talking about stuff and communicating about stuff, particularly about sex, then there's that distancing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if one person, you know, having had lots of conversations with people about this, if one person isn't feeling like they can come to the other person in the relationship and be like, these are my needs, these are my wants, this is what will help me feel fulfilled and happy then they kind of take a wee sidestep off the stage of their life to, right. the, to the left, mm -hmm. to the wings, yep. and will dabble in a bit of porn as a way to satisfy whatever it is that they're needing and wanting, and will exclude the other person from that. So then it becomes this like intimacy distancing. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, I think addictions often, especially a pornography addiction goes underground, right? It's like one of those things that it, it kind of, it brings that escape or that certain kind of shame escape. I can get away from it. And I know some people are going to be listening going, but you know, there's nothing illegal about pornography. So as you've highlighted, obviously one of the issues of course is relationships. But yeah. another thing with pornography is kind of the seamier side, right? Of, yeah. of that. And I know this, this is an area that you've been very active in trying to thwart because you set up a charity that focuses on anti-trafficking, which a lot of that goes into the into the pornography trade, right? So I think a lot of people don't realize that um, when they're watching porn, the actors, in inverted commas, often are trafficked to do that work. So they're doing that against their will. And um, that's that's one of the issues. I mean, there are, right. there are many, but that is one. And I think, you know, when you're consuming content like that and you're seeing it as enjoyable and it's satisfying an urge or an itch, then you do want to think about um, what's going on behind the scenes. And you don't, you don't want to think, oh, I wonder if that person's getting paid or if they're doing, you know, people assume people do porn because they love it and they love sex and they love all the, you know, X, Y, Z, but actually that is often very far from the truth. 
Right. And, you know, I think another just comment about addiction is like, are you in control or is it in control of you? Exactly. And something in, we, I don't think we want to kind of draw the moral line on uh, any any particular activity, but certainly mm. trying to think about those things. And then there's there's a lot of people that are, that are definitely being controlled by their addictions. And yeah. our guest today, Tom Fenton, uh, has focused on on these in particular and has come up with a solution uh it's a bit of a it's definitely a technology solution but also other aspects to it that bring it more personal where Mm. uh getting your supporters to help you in your addiction because obviously uh part of addiction is is bringing it out into the open so that you can deal with it exactly we yeah and we love tom so it'll be so we do and also very exciting as as you'll be hearing in the the podcast unfortunately you weren't able to join me on this one but the good news is you are much better as we're recording this bit and yes, uh, right now we're going to head over to uh, the discussion that I had with uh, Tom Fenton the founder of Amber Light Tom welcome to the show hello how are you I'm doing great how are you yes not too bad mate well I'll, I'll just kick off with a, a question which is before Amberlight, you were already a successful entrepreneur. You know, you founded a, a thriving uh, video business. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got started off on your entrepreneurial journey? Both my parents, business owners, mum and dad. And um, I think I just caught the bug from then and um, sort of went self-employed really young, lot, way before it was sort of common to do it nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, and from that, yeah, just built up, built up a video business, started getting clients and do my thing. And I guess, you know, a lot of people hearing that, you know, building up a successful video business is, of course, not easy. And a lot of people would just stop there, but you didn't. And, uh, you know, how, how did you come up with the idea for Amberlight? Okay, so obviously they're, they're quite contrasting uh, business ideas. But I mean, Amberlight really came about just from my own personal journey with addiction and having an addictive personality um, and seeing that there's not really much out there in the way of support for anything pre-rehab. As you say, you know, you were, you had your own addictions. What type of different solutions had you tried and, and you know, why, why did you find they don't work? Mainly it was, you know, just gritting my teeth and sheer brute force was, tr- that's, that's what most people try. Like it, it, you, you're generally not going to diagnose yourself as an, as an addict in, in the early days. You're probably just going to think, man, I need to stop smoking so much or I need to stop drinking for whatever reason. And yeah, I, I, I just sort of by brute force just started trying to quit these things, but, but just found that it was, it was very difficult. I, I would probably hazard a guess though that people have had you know, some sense that, you know, recognizing things that, um, that they know are bad for them. Uh, but of course, an addiction is when you just can't stop yourself and that it starts to kind of tear up your life. Yeah. So I guess, you know, question for you on, on just addictions like that. I mean, it, so it, it doesn't work like the brute force method. You, you just can't say you're going to stop and then stop. Uh, certainly for me and a lot of people that I've come into contact with, by the time you've realized that there's a problem, it's often too late. Uh, a lot of this stuff starts really young, certainly did for me, you know, it, certainly in my <laughs> in my years of really going for some of the harder stuff. I, I was really young and didn't didn't really care 
that I wasn't stopping, you know, just wanted more, more, more. And by the time I got into, you know, my later 20s or mid 20s, realised that some of this stuff, I, I couldn't get rid of it. Um, and you go through this rigmarole of, of off, for, again, for me, years of just going around in circles thinking you're doing all right. And it really takes a quite a long road to even come to that realisation that actually I can't stop this. And it's at that point that you've got a decision to make whether or not you want to, whether or not you actually want to uh, get help at all or whether or not you want to continue on just trying to grit your teeth and bear it. I guess we live with things and, and people that are addicted to things find ways to cope, but then uh, something triggers and, and you head back into an addiction. It's so often a cycle with with anything that, that you do too much. And often when things mm-hmm. d- downturn in your life, you, you go for that escapism with whatever it might be, you know, your vice of choice. Can we talk about addictions generally or when you're trying to deal with them, do you have to break them down into your particular addiction and, and, and how... And, and try to find help in that particular addiction. I definitely think, yeah, you need to drill it down on a personal level. I think addiction is such a broad term that can, that definitely gets thrown around in society. But when you when you boil it down to to sort of you know the individual that it's causing them to suffer, there's going to be a whole host of causes, whole course of effects, and and a and a and a unique solution really that's that's going to be tailored to you, which is going to take some time to figure out how to get there and often it's it's um it's a case of talking that through with whoever it might be on on a regular basis keeping accountable with people to uh, to try and find the sol- a solution that works for you for whatever it might be and you were saying you know earlier how you struggled uh, with uh, particular addictions and um you know so you you had a successful business uh, or or still do in in making videos but you decided you wanted to help others because of some of the things that you learned in your addictions? Yeah, definitely. I've, I'm a, I can bit my hand up and say that I'm, I'm one of these guys who's just got a mental addictive personality. It doesn't matter what it mm. is, I will get addicted to it. And there's been a whole string <laughs> of things over the years. Um, and I know there's a lot of people that will relate to that. Um, and, and, that and that's one thing. But I think in terms of how it affects things, I mean, I just noticed in my professional life that it, it really affects your work, your mood, your relationships, productivity. If you're if you're having a hard time with something that you that is that is causing you to either you know essentially even if it's just feel bad about yourself because you know you want to quit it, it can have a, a massive adverse effect on 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 your whole life. And ultimately, it, I was I was doing the video stuff, but my passion to help other people with this kind of addictive personality which can really hold you down has 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 always been a has always been something at the forefront of my mind and when we came Mm -hmm. up with amber light it was um it just felt like the right thing to do so when you say you know you you came up with amber light i guess what what did amber light 1.0 look like in terms of what what did you identify was the main point that you wanted to bring to people, offer to people so that they could start addressing their addictions. Look, I don't mean to sound crass on your podcast, but we're going to, we're going to start talking about porn now. Is that all right? (laughs) (laughs) I I think we should. I think, you know, we, we need to, I I think one of the problems with addiction is there's a lot of shame with addiction. Yeah. 
and uh, that that keeps people from addressing it, right? Absolutely correct. Yeah, definitely. And, and porn's a big one for that. It's something that that people have a lot of trouble talking about, let alone saying that they might be addicted to it. So, all right. Mm-hmm. It all started um, at, at the church that I used to attend. There was a large group of guys that all struggled with porn, and that's mm-hmm. I'm included in that. And I, I basically just started to see that nearly every single guy that struggled with this particular issue there, there was nothing to help them to 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 try and see off the addiction essentially um mm-hmm. and that became a growing concern for me and over the years of of again doing this with with you know now hundreds of different guys and and obviously with it becoming a growing issue like bigger and more but bigger than ever i i i realized that the there was a there was a big gap and from from that realization i started to build out what i thought could be a, a solution and you know we could talk about porn addiction in, in particular but i think even other addictions people tend to be embarrassed by their addictions and therefore they don't necessarily want to talk about it so in settings where maybe it's it's a difficult thing to talk about how how can you get people to talk about it or how do you invite people in to address their addictions i think a big part of it is is vulnerability yourself in in you know i was always able to talk to other people about it because i myself struggled with it and i found that the more that i opened up to people about my own struggles actually it turned out that they were either struggling with the same thing or something very similar and therefore uh, it, it just sort of became natural to then want to help each other. And I think that right. that was the the most powerful tool in, in all of it with all, all the things I've struggled with, especially porn is, is to be talking about it and to have people around you that can keep you accountable. It's a massive deal. You know, when you were starting to realize that this was an issue, for example, in amongst your group of friends in, in, in the church community that you were part of, I guess it didn't necessarily have to be a tech solution to start out with, did it? Definitely not, no. What does it look like in the beginning? Is it just kind of support groups? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's what it kicked off as. Um, just your classic support group, which is a tried and tested solution, which works for people that are trying to give things up. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, that, and that's what it was. It was just a bunch of m- mates, really, in community together, keeping each other accountable. And, and it started off with the very first version of Amberlight was a whiteboard in my house that me and my housemate had a just checkboard and we used to just tech, tick the box off if we'd had a good day and it was as easy as that. Wow. I mean, I, I think that's so interesting because... Uh, people are obviously familiar with AA, and you know there's chapters all over the world now, and and the recognition of uh, of alcohol addiction. But you know the size of the the pornography industry is is staggering. The the, the numbers are astronomical, and it, it makes sense when you say it. But I think a lot of people don't really realize that it's there again because nobody talks about it. You've got. Just like the astronomical rise of social media and you know, really the internet, porn's up there with all of it. All the, the websites rank. Um, they, the websites have similar numbers to that of social media, to that of you know news sites. It's 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 something that is getting literally hundreds of millions of views every single day by people all across the world, um, and 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 that's one thing. So obviously, it's it's something that's used a lot but then underneath that is is a very large suppressed group of people that are really struggling with um with porn as a very real addiction 
You know what I was thinking when you were talking about, um, you know, people being addicted to porn and, and the difference between a, a porn addiction and an alcohol addiction. Alcohol, uh, you know, we, we were just talking about the size of pornography, but, you know, people are just so much more familiar with alcohol and you have this kind of iconic, you know, a recovering alcoholic who can maybe help other people that have alcoholism. But I think porn has been kind of driven into the shadows. So, you know, how, how do you find people that necessarily want to help you with their porn addiction or even agree that they have one? It is in the shadows still. It's definitely not mainstream, but but it's bubbling up big time. I mean, you're, you're starting to see um, massive groups of people coming together online to sort of talk about their their struggles with porn addiction. You're starting to see uh, people coming forwards on anonymous helplines in droves, the numbers going up massively every single year. Um, mm. Sort of saying that they they've got problems with this stuff, um, and but the most notable one is is probably um, a forum on Reddit called No Fap, which uh, they're they're there to to help porn addicts. But the thing that's uh, concerning about Reddit and No Fap is that basically most of those users are very very young. So you're looking at sort of between the ages of fourteen and and twenty five, and there's nearly they've mm. got nearly a million members on that forum now. Which wow. are which are sort of checking in daily, trying to help each other with a with a topic. But you can imagine a million members trying to engage with one forum. It's it's not it's not. That's incredible. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. So uh, and and I mean, like I said, that that grows every month. I think you're you're highlighting a particular problem, which is like um, societal acceptance, right? Because um, there's this assumption, especially in kind of, you know, pubescent boys between 14 and 18 say that, well, that's just their natural, uh, you know, kind of hormonal drive is, is making them interested and people are probably incorrectly assuming that that's all okay, yet they're, they're heading off into a really dangerous path. Well, that's it, man. And I think that the access that's there now, it was never there before. Like, you know, I grew up just as the internet was starting to speed up. Um, and obviously we were, as young boys, we were all over uh, the porn sites, you know, couldn't, couldn't get yeah. enough of it. And and then you, back then you had to wait an hour, maybe even a day to download a 30 second clip. Whereas mm -hmm. now these youngsters have got uh, literally high speed access as much as they want, whatever they want, as often as they want, and nobody to tell right. them no. But ironically, with that access has come this huge surge of young people that are sort of saying, actually, this is that I'm not enjoying the effects that this is having on me and, and, and reaching out for help. And I think that we need to do more to we need to do mm -hmm. more to open up runways for, for 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 particularly for young people to be able to get get some help um before before you know it, it affects them negatively you proactively uh you know as you mentioned earlier with your mates you know you you kind of had a whiteboard you, you know you kind of proactively said i'm, I'm gonna i gotta beat this addiction i don't want to be i, I don't like what this is doing and i want to fight it uh yet um increasingly as you say with with the access that that is now just prevalent Talk, talk us a bit through Amberlight and kind of how it works and how it addresses people that are that that want to kind of deal with their addictions. The like I said earlier, with the that original model, Amberlight is really focused on accountability. Um, that, that accountability is the big word that we're going after. Really, it's we we sort of believe. I believe that that having somebody to 
check in with and stay accountable with is going to cut your consumption in half overnight. And I've seen that time and time again. Like I said, accountability is a proven uh, tried and tested method to to help you give things up or at least to cut it back and manage it. Um, and, right. and ultimately, that's what the app does. It, it It's a fun way for people to be able to uh, come together and just stay accountable with their issues. Meanwhile, learning about how to give up and 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 giving them tools and 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 methods to 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 do so. You know, it's it's interesting you say accountability, and we're talking about kind of digital because earlier we were you, you mentioned, for example, social media, and supposedly we're the most connected society ever. Yet we're the most lonely society ever. A lot of people aren't connecting with each other. And it sounds like um, when you're talking about accountability, you actually mean accountability to other people. Yes, definitely. That's that's what I mean. It, it, to put it another way, it's, it's putting yourself into a support group, whether that be with strangers on the app, like anonymously, or if you're downloading it and getting a mate alongside you, just sort of like one piece of advice I'd give to anybody that is struggling with anything like tell a mate say, tell them that you're having a bit of trouble and and get some mm-hmm. accountability doesn't have you don't have to use our app but use whatever you want but that is going to it's going to make a a massive difference just having somebody that's going to say to you hey how are you going with that thing um it's a massive deterrent to know that somebody's going to check up on you it's that isolation and secrecy that that these things thrive in basically and and again that's what that's what we're trying to that's what we're trying to stamp out with with what we're doing with the app. That's so interesting. So, you know, it's not like what a lot of people think, that I'm going to kind of download some app and I'm going to hide with it and it's going to fix me. But rather, if I download Amberlight, it's actually going to cre- create an opportunity for me to engage with people. Absolutely correct. Yeah. So it's, it's about being part of a community. It's about being part of a team. It's about tracking what you're doing and and uh, and working together to 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 manage whatever it is that you're trying to stop. I guess we could say two different examples. The first one, uh, I am I'm on my own, and I recognize I have this addiction. Mm-hmm. I download the app because I've come across I've, I've listened to this podcast. I've, I've determined that I need some help with an addiction. I download Amberlight. How can I engage with it, and how? How can I find people that will help me stay accountable? Well, the first thing is that um, something that people I think will understand is that there's there's tracking tools on there. So you'll be doing a, a daily tracker to sort of give yourself a, a, an honest picture of where you're at. And and straight away, as soon as you you get onto to the app, you'll be able to search in in the in the team section and be able to join one of the public teams. So if you don't have a friend that you're comfortable talking to, you can you can just join one of the public teams, and there'll be people there for you to be able to engage with, to support you, and to be able to sort of you know give you a, give you a pick up when you need it. Otherwise, if I like have five or six friends and we all agree this is something we want to beat, can can Amberlight help us? It's it helps in the sense of you've like I said you've got this community of people around you which are cheering you on obviously in your successes. Everybody's checking in each day, red or green, green for mm-hmm. a good day, red for a bad one. So you know you're keeping you're keeping tabs on on what's going on. And the idea is that, that if you're having a, if you're struggling, there's a panic button for you to be able to press, and people can sort of chime in and give you encouragement, support, whatever it might be. If you mm-hmm. know the person, maybe they'll give you a call 
and yeah, there's there's e-learning modules on there as well, which sort of give you a little bit more information about the thing that you're fighting, give you tips and tricks to be able to manage triggers, all these kinds of things. Kind of like a, a psychological conditioning where in the past, when you kind of felt the temptation to go back to your addiction, there was, uh, you know, you, you, you probably were going to head that way and, and, and go downhill. But now if I have amber light, I can tell someone immediately and hopefully get a, a quick response where someone's going to say, oh, oh, wait a minute, you know, you're starting to feel that way. Let's talk about it. Definitely. I, I think that the, the thing with any addiction if you're, if you're, or, or bad habit, anything that you want to give up, the, the battleground is before you become so tempted that you want to do it. And, and the idea really is to, to start to recognize these, the triggers or, or moments that might send you down the path of feeling tempted before you are, you know, you're in that moment of, ah, I want to do this so badly. And um, I think that the app, the app helps you to do that. It helps you to identify triggers and, and, you know, let somebody know at that point in time, rather than waiting to the point where you're definitely not going to tell anybody, you're just going to do it. You kind of had the idea for Amberlight. You were uh, starting to turn it into an app, and then uh, you came on an accelerator program. We did. And why did you decide to do that? I wanted to learn what I didn't know, basically, which was a lot. I came to found out. <laughs> so, and uh, I, I figured that it would be uh, it would be a, it would be a good opportunity to mix with other like-minded entrepreneurs and mm -hmm. to be able to get some rock solid advice support and 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 help in in sort of all areas of the business when you decided to enroll was was there kind of a particular thing that you you felt was missing and was that the thing that you got or did it kind of change your opinion as you started getting into the program to be honest with you mate i i was actually filming the uh i was filming the previous cohorts to the accelerator <laughs> that i was on um, and through filming those uh, sessions, I basically just thought this is this is so amazing that these people are getting this kind of input at this level right. with these kinds of people. Um, the sacrifice involved with getting onto it is nothing compared to what you actually get. And I, I sort of was lucky enough to get that firsthand experience before I applied. And when I was seeing it uh, take place, when I was filming it, I was just like, I have to get on this accelerator it's 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 this is going to help me basically and 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 i i i don't think there was any one thing if i'm honest i think it was more mm -hmm. it was more um uh, that i could see just a wealth of opportunity in it really definitely the um the entrepreneur's journey is a is a lonely one uh, a lot of times you feel you got this great idea and it's maybe you and a couple people trying to figure out you're lucky if you have a couple people if it's just you you know, what are the things that you need to work on? What are the key things that you need to focus on uh, in order to make your business a success? And sometimes it's, it's, uh, it, there, there can be this sense that, oh, I just got to keep my head down and, and keep working. But, um, you know, the, it is important to kind of raise your hand and say, uh, what, you know, I, I need some help. I need some expertise. Definitely, mate. Um, I, I, too often I, I see it where, where people just sort of think, you know, I'm going to go it alone and, and just try and make this work. And, but ultimately it, it's, it's that collaboration that gives you, gives you the insight that you need to take something somewhere. And for me, that, that accelerator program was just 
brilliant for that. It was so eye-opening to to get other people's opinions, to get other views, to take yourself out of your comfort zone and put you in a position right. where you've got to pitch it to people that you don't know and that you're going to get you're going to get brutal and honest feedback that is hopefully you're going to take and and propel your idea, take it from one thing and take it up a few levels. I guess in a weird way, uh, the timing of COVID. I would never say it works out for someone, but in your case, it, it perhaps <laughs> gave you a little bit of a nudge to to kind of focus uh, more of your time on Amberlight, right? COVID. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say COVID has been a positive thing. It's been horrible, and you know we're, we're yet to really see the the full extent of it. But with that said, it has been helpful for me to be able to just focus on um, my business Amberlight and and to be able to get it ready for launch and we're thankfully very close to that and so um you know i guess starting in march april you uh t talk us through kind of uh the app development and all the things that you did to get it ready because i know it's um it's now on the app store it is there now yeah um yeah sure so i mean it, it, at the beginning of uh march it was it was still um an undeveloped project it was still in wireframe format um, and through the last sort of eight, eight, ten months, whatever it's been, I can't count. But the uh, what what we've ended up doing is is sort of taking it through um, various betas, testing phases, and working out some kinks and getting it to a point where actually it's a solid product. People like using it. We've had some feedback, and um, we're sort of we're sort of heading towards that that ever ever nudging launch date. When I think of app development, I know. Some people, they kind of, they think that they, they know exactly what they're looking for. They're just going to kind of barricade themselves with the designer, finish up the app. They're going to launch it and it's going to get, you know, 2 million downloads on the first day. But that's not typically how it works, right? Absolutely not. No, not unless you're, not unless you're already like Elon Musk or somebody <laughs> <laughs> who can just put it out on Twitter. Um, no, of course not. It's 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 a it's a grind, you know. And there's things that you can do to there's things that you can do to to sort of help your case. Like we've focused really heavily on making sure that we wrote the app in the right software so it could get picked up on app of the app of the day by Apple. So we're we're still hoping that that that's going to be something that that mm -hmm. we can achieve and that obviously would give you a big boost um but it doesn't yeah it doesn't take away from the fact that that it is still going to be digging out foundations and and probably onboarding people manually for quite a long time before we're able to really see that organic growth um so yeah it's a it is it's a it's a massive grind for sure um and and that's that's without even looking at the the constant updating of the app our um our development team and and design team you know we're, we're constantly making tweaks and changes and i think that's the way it has to be because you're you're looking at creating that perfect user experience which naturally evolves and changes over time i mean when you look at the app today and you compare it to where it was, let's say the the first rev coming out. I mean, is is it dramatically different? Yeah, massively. I mean, there's things it, it, when you're designing an app on paper, it, it it's one thing, but then when the, the dev builds it and you actually use it, it, it can be it can be very different. So uh, you, you it, it was a bit of a process, really, of trying to 
really just simplify it to be honest i mean i read a book uh, um with you guys called the lean startup which is all about mm -hmm. this which is just sort of not not slaving too much over a product that hasn't gone out to anybody yet because the likelihood is it's going to be wrong and you're going to put in loads of development time into something that ends up just getting binned and even though i had that information before we started we still <laughs> did a bit of that you know it's it's really hard to just be able to say as a, as a founder, you you want to have what you want. You've got this vision in your head and you're thinking, yeah, this is going to be epic. Um, but the fact is you, you've got to be able to just let stuff go and 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 not have it. And and honestly, doing that this year, it was tough at first, but now I'm almost gone to the other side of the fence. I'm like, yeah, let's just bin off everything and just put it out as it is. And now the developers are sort of pulling me back saying, no, no, Tom, it, <laughs> it, it, it needs to have this. <laughs> I, I know so much what you're talking about, you know, recently launching um, Chorus, and I was lucky to have two brilliant um, UX designers uh, helping me, uh, Alex and Dan, and um, one of the exercises that they had me do was to contact a decent number of what I determined to be the likely user. And when they told me this, I was like, hey, you got to be kidding me. I know exactly what I want in, the, in this <laughs> website. I know exactly the experience that's, that, that you know, I want to create. Uh, but it was very humbling. Uh, you know, as I went and talked to these people, I learned so much about, um, I was taking a particular point of view and some of the things that I thought, you know, would be just really informative or really valuable. They were like, you know, I don't really need that. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you have this, that would really be valuable. Totally agree. I do just want to shout out to Matt and Phil here because I know that they'll listen in. Um, and uh, <laughs> they have been brilliant with with guiding me through that process as well. I mean, M Matt works on on one of the biggest apps um, in, in the world. It's got like, I think, 40 million active users. Um, he works on that as well as our project. Um, mm -hmm. And he's just had a wealth of of knowledge of exactly what you're saying. Like this is going to work. This isn't. Just get over it and, and leave it out. And I think it's it's important to be humble in that, really, and and just be able to know what you don't know and let the guy that that does know what they're doing sort of take the reins of it. I think it it offers that ownership um, to the team that that people need to be able to invest. I know. Um... If, uh, if, if SL were here, she would be uh, taking you through the lightning round, which is a couple questions that we pose. <laughs> One of those questions is, um, what should people do right now to, to help out Amberlight? I would say if you want to help Amberlight, if you know somebody or you yourself want to give something up, doesn't have to be addiction, could just be something that you feel like you're doing too much of, download the app and get involved with one of our reboot challenges that we've got going on the app. So just like, um, you know, Stoptober, Veganuary, those type of things, we've got those running on the app now. So you can take part mm -hmm. in almost like a health check, really. See how you can do. See if you can give something up for 30 days. You can do it with your pals. Um, but yeah, download the app and give it, give it a whirl. I mean, it's interesting that, you know, in some ways maybe the arrival of amber light the timing with regards to covid is is very important because of course we are spending a lot more time alone or online and doing things and recognizing some of those things have become uh, either addictive or getting close to it. So uh, having amber light available is certainly very ben beneficial. Yeah, it's clear. It's been in the news. And from personal experience, uh, COVID has not been kind to my own personal addictions. I mean, 
you know, it, it, it's an ongoing struggle for me. Like I said, I've got an addictive personality and, and when things downturn, it, it, it just gets, it gets tough. And I think you need that support network around you more than ever. And I feel like our solution, our product helps people with that. Quick fire question number two. What one piece of advice would you give your younger self? Well, how, how old is my younger self? How about your 14-year-old self? My 14-year-old self. My gosh. I would tell him to be kinder to everyone. I was a horrible bully when I was younger, and, um, and I'm really ashamed of it now. So I, I would tell him that. And what one thing could we all do to make the world a better place? I think that the one thing that we could do now to make the world a better place would be to stop slagging each other off online and make friends with people who disagree with our views. That's, I think, really important, especially in the, the very polarized world we, we, we seem to be heading continuously into. Absolutely, mate. I think it's, um, mm -hmm. we're, we're so polarized now and, and it's, it's quite tough to watch in some ways. And ultimately, the, the truth still is that we've got more in common than, than we don't. And, and mm -hmm. again, it just comes back to putting some things aside and saying, actually, you know, let's just have a beer or play some music or something. Yeah, well, I, I usually can't do this because uh, I haven't tested all of our products that we've uh, or, or things that we've talked about with people because sometimes they haven't been ready. But in this case, I can give an endorsement to Amber Light. I've been uh, I've been on the app for the last uh, I guess oh, a little over a month now. Uh, I won't say the addiction I've been working on, but uh, it's it's definitely been a good way for me to kind of realize uh, how how I engage with uh, with an addiction and. Uh, you know, how I notify uh, and how I can be notified of, of when, when I'm struggling with it. So um, definitely would highly recommend Amber Light. And Tom, it's, it's, uh, if someone wants to download it, where do they go? App Store or the Play Store. Or if, you, if you're struggling to find it there, just go onto amberlight.app and click the link. Thank you so much for being on the show with me today, Tom. No problem. Thank you for having me, mate. You're a legend. And all the best as uh, Amberlight continues to go uh, to the next level, which is going to be really exciting to watch. Cheers, buddy. Thanks for listening to this week's show. If you enjoyed it, can we ask you to do just one thing? Share. What three people you know would also enjoy listening to this podcast? We love hearing from our listeners, so tell us what you'd like to hear on a future podcast by tweeting us at Impact Central UK or go to our website, impactcentral.co.uk. We look forward to welcoming you back next week as we discuss why better founders build better businesses.